Sis Talk is an expression of our views, experiences, goals, life stories. We will embark on womanhood, sisterhood, spirituality, friendship, and much more. Join us as we navigate this thing called life through our Sis Talk. I'm Jakari. And I'm Jariah. And we are Sis Talk. episode three we will be be talking talking about about starting from the bottom poverty ties and poverty ties has a lot to do with our upbringing and how we were raised and where we came from so i'm gonna jump it off and start off with a question um jacari what would you say our upbringing or your childhood experiences were like um so for those who are not familiar uh, we did grow up originally we came from the projects uh shout out to elm street uh, we definitely were some Elm Street babies at one time. And then from there, uh, we moved to the crossings where we lived in a number of different, they weren't even streets then. I, I think the lot numbers, I think is what they were referred to. Um, but we grew up in the crossings, spent a lot of time there. I don't know what the um, crossings is, it's a trailer park. Correct. It's a trailer park. And most people in the, from our area know where it is. Um, but a lot of people live there. Uh, we were raised by our single mother. Um, who did an incredible job to make sure that we had what we needed. Um, Also, she always tried to ensure that we had what we wanted to make us never feel like that Mm -hmm. we were our environment. I would say, uh, obviously, we didn't grow up rich. Our mom was a single mother. She worked sometimes uh, two jobs to make sure that we had what we needed. Uh, She actually worked the third shift. Yeah. And so, you know, we really learned at an early age, I would say, about independence how to take care of ourselves, how to cook for ourselves. It really didn't stick with Jariah like that because... Oh, shut up. The noodles know, she's not different. a cooker. I cook noodles with seasoned uh, salt and cheese to be banging. But I would definitely say it stuck with me because I was the oldest, um, and so it kind of put a little bit of pressure on me to, you know, kind of be the mom when my mom wasn't there. But I would definitely say growing up and being where we came from, I feel like allowed me to always want to set want to be more and to set uh, aspirations or goals that were higher than where we came from. One of the things that my mom always said when we were growing up was that she wanted us to be better than her. Yeah, that's one thing that always stuck with me, even when I felt like in my times of triumph or sadness is like, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for my mom. I'm doing this for my grandma. I'm doing this for my aunt, who all made sacrifices as a village to kind of raise me, Jariah, and my sister, Julia. So for me, you know, I knew, you know, obviously we weren't rich, but again, we weren't poor either. So it was like we were able to thrive, I feel like, in the environment that we were in because that's all that we did know growing up. What would you say that you felt like life was like growing up, Jariah? Um, I feel like life was good. Like, even though it wasn't the, the best, it was still good. I mean, we had each other. And I mean, I look back now and like, you know, we grew up and we like, you know, was around all of our friends and our sisters. And, you know, even though we didn't have much, it felt like we had everything. So, I mean, we did grow up in the trailer park. Our bedroom wasn't bigger than the bathroom. That, I mean, hits different for me now. I think too, that's why when we moved, when we went off to college and I was so big, I was like, I want my room to be, I want to be able to sit on my floor. Cause when we was kids, you know, our room used to be like that pocket size. And we used to sit on the floor and play Nintendo 64 and stuff. So I think, too, like, we definitely started from the bottom. Like, we didn't have much growing up. 
I mean, mama made sure we had what we needed, but we didn't have. And it's so funny, I think, too, how like <laughs> single mothers can make you feel like you're not missing out on anything. Because mm-hmm. I think even in the midst of that, like now we look back and we know that, you know, obviously we didn't have everything that we wanted. But we never felt like we missed a beat. I mean, even with our friends, like my mom always had everybody's kids at our house. Like we had yeah. summer bar- summer parties, kickbacks. Definitely was definition probably a hood babies for sure. We used to make when we had that um that sleepover and we slept in tents outside in front of the trailers. Like we had a campfire. I mean, you gotta make stuff work for you. And I think, you know, um, shout out to single mothers. I mean, y'all do an amazing job. Yeah, I don't shout think you out guys get, you know, um, more glory or more praise um you know that you definitely should get more and definitely shout out to my mom uh who did a a excellent job people can say whatever they want to say about her but she raised her her daughters and um you know even shout out to i feel like our grandma Mm -hmm. our aunt you know because we were raised by a village of strong independent women and i think right that's a lot where we get that from you know being being able to be resilient and going after things on our own you know we never been dependent on a man to take care of us for anything you know we never saw one growing up like when i think about it you know dad was in jail um and then my mama husband at the time my stepfather he was in prison too our whole life until we went to high school i never seen a man taking care of nothing it's always been women so and i mean there's been times don't get me wrong where my daddy was there when he wasn't in jail. But, I mean, we didn't have a two-parent household, so. Yeah. Even when I think back about that whole, the two-parent household, like, I remember when our stepdad got out of prison, uh, I was 17 years old. And at that time, I really didn't have a relationship with my biological father. And I remember the first time we ever sat down and had, like, dinner with two parents when I literally was 17 years old. I was a senior in high school. And it was like the highlight of my life at that moment because we never experienced that before. It was always yeah. mama and us, you know, mama, mama us, Nisha, mama us and the cousin, you know, whoever. Or mama tired, mama sleep. So she didn't make food and she didn't put it away for us to eat. And we wake up, it's there to eat because mama worked that third shift. So we never sat down and ate dinner as a family. That shit was obsolete. Yeah. I never even remember. I don't even remember our, tra- our table in the trailer park. Uh, we probably didn't sit out at much and eat, you know, because we were, you know. And I think, too, it kind of empowered us, right, that we never forgot. Like, we never forgot where we come, we came from. And I think even now, like, as we are continuing to make progression up the in our professions and our incomes, like, we never forgot where we came from. Like, even, like, there's times yeah. when we may ride past us and be like, it's a humble I go back. Like, when I get the tweaking and feeling like I'm not doing enough or, um, like, I feel like not being humble enough, like, I'll go back and be, like, a reality check myself and be like, you remember I sent you that picture that day? I was like, man, you remember this? Like, this lot, I went back just to remind myself, like, sometimes I'm too hard on myself. I'm like, you need to be here. You need to be doing this. But I got to remember where I came from, like, you know even be where we are right now like this is just the very beginning and I think society kind of makes you think that when you're at a certain age you should be doing way more than what you're doing I mean hell we beat a lot of odds like a lot of statistics yeah like we never seen nobody really I'm not gonna say a lot of people in our family didn't go to college they did but they didn't live here so we never saw it yeah I agree Um, 
And then even I think too, you are like kind of just touched on something. We have ten siblings, and like I know for me, uh, I was one of the first people in my out of my siblings to graduate college or to even attempt a four year institution. And for me, it was really hard because I didn't have guidance. I didn't have, you know, my mom didn't go to college because obviously she made sacrifices. She had three kids by the time she was 25 years old. And so her life was not her own anymore. And, you know, she made every effort to make sure that we had what we needed to, Mm -hmm. to be successful, you know, in the future. And so I'm absolutely grateful for, for her and for the sacrifices that she made. And I use that as motivation in my own personal life to go after everything that I want. Uh, that's personal endeavors, that's professional endeavors. Um, I think that's what really kept me motivated, you know, going to get my bachelor's, then going to get my master's and joining organizations and, you know, going after those promotions and those positions. Um, so I would definitely say that's kind of my perspective on that. What do you feel like, Jariah, uh, mom sacrifices kind of propelled you to do? I mean, you know, that was everything. I mean, I feel like it taught me how to be a, a single mom. I mean, nobody inspires to be a single mom. Sometimes you just, that's the hand that you dealt with. Sometimes, you know, I haven't always made the best decisions. And not only have I not, you know, made the best decisions, other people haven't made the best decisions. So I think it taught me that, show me how to be successful at being a single mom. Cause I mean, if mama wasn't successful at one and she just sat around and didn't do nothing all day, I think I would have probably been more inclined to, you know, to do that cycle over. And that's a vicious cycle for a lot of African-Americans, you know, and especially just minor- minorities period. Like we'll see, Oh, well, this is how I was raised. And then, uh, you know, you babies raising babies. And then that cycle of like, you're not really having much. So you don't really, inspired to want to be much and not to like come down on anybody and people feel like you know judgmental because I that could have easily been me you know me not wanting to be out of the projects out of the trailer park and me wanting that for myself because that's all I seen but like when I went off to school you know that like we was talking about earlier my mom was like she wanted better for us like that's the reason why I didn't never want to get pregnant at a young age because I didn't want to have to have my daughter struggling with me as trying to figure myself out and figure out my educational pursuit, trying to get out of that poverty environment. You don't want that. You know, I I love my daughter so much because I feel like, you know, and we, we'll talk about this later, but when I got pregnant, I was in mid-semester of school and I had Brooklyn went back to school two weeks later. So, I mean, all she knew was college life for me. Like She never knew... A, a different type of mom, a mom that wasn't studying, making bottles, and it, that's all she knew, you know? I think you just hit on the key thing, too, what we see, um, <laughs> your pers- perspective. Um, I think because, like you said, Jariah, we saw mom struggle. We saw her encourage and empower us, I feel like, to be better. Like, it motivated us. It inspired us to always want to do better, to be better. So I feel like we have continued that, you know, throughout mm-hmm. our lives. I feel like we never forgot where we came from either. And grandma fucking broke her heart when I told her, like, I was pregnant. And I remember her thinking, like, them being so happy when we first went off to school. And, like, you know, y'all know, but Jakari had, like, a 4.0. She was, like, doing a fucking thing. Then, you know, and they, the oldest sister doing, they expect you to do this shit. I ain't her. <laughs> so, you know, even having to tell them that I was pregnant, I hid my pregnancy for a long time. 
Because I was like, they thought she had cancer <laughs> because oh, she would not God. tell them that she was. Let's pregnant. not speak cancer over my life. Let's just pray for a healthy um, lifestyle. But yeah, like just because I was throwing up every day, I had lost like twenty pounds. That morning sickness was was killing my ass. But you know, when I did tell them, and like I felt like Grandma was disappointed. Like she felt like I was going to be a product of my environment, and that. Man, I, when I said that put a spark under my butt, it made me, like, made me so much more hungry for success. Because I'm thinking, like, everybody expected me. You know, when they showed me the statistics that, especially African-American women, like, we started a degree. And when we have kids, we don't finish it, at least with a bachelor within the first six years. I was all, hell no. Hey, six years, what the hell am I doing? But I know when you have kids, like them going to school, you trying to make ends meet, like it becomes so overwhelming. You can't even focus on educational pursuits. So I made sure like that even though I was pregnant, like Brooklyn was my number one priority. And for her to be my number one priority and for us to be successful, that mean I had to win when it came to education. I couldn't, there was no other way for me. I wasn't playing on sports. Hell, I ain't Kobe. Yeah. And I definitely was Serena. So, you know, I think our, the only way that we did have out was, I feel like, was education. And I feel like we <laughs> used um, the ability that we were able to go and pursue degrees to our advantage to, to be better, you know. One thing I can say, right, since we started out in college, I feel like we have always continued to elevate. And I feel like that has not kind of really stuck with me, like, Anytime when we have gone after anything, like, or set goals for ourselves, we've been able to accomplish those things. But I feel like that isn't a direct result of where we came from, who we came from. We came from a village of strong women. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we go to work, whether we sick, tired, or whatever. You and know? let me tell you, that got a lot to do with people pushing you. Because when I was pregnant, I never wanted to go to work because I was sick. And she called me like, so you just not going to go to work? You know, let me get up. <laughs> I used to be like, you and my business. <laughs> And sometimes I think you need that. You need that push. You need that reminder. And I think, you know, even with us being sisters, I feel like we do push each other. We motivate each other. We encourage each other because we grew up in that lifestyle together. And we want it better for ourselves. Like, it's been a blessing, I feel like, Ryan, to just explore and go on vacations and really see the world. Like, there's so much more outside of Carbondale. You don't have to be rich you don't have to have all of the money. You ain't got to be sleeping with no man either to go on vacation. Yeah, because uh, yeah. definitely nobody for trips over here, just saying. But I just kind of feel like, you know, we have set those goals for ourselves. We always have encouraged, we, you know, with our friends, we do stuff together. We see the world together. And I think that that's important, you know, and having that different perspective of success that, we didn't become complacent in our environments that we were raised in because, again, like you said, who knows where we would have been. You know, I know when mom told me that it made me, I didn't want to have kids in my early 20s because I saw the sacrifices that she made. I saw her struggle with trying to find who she was as a person, being a mother, and that working was, hard. And that was the scariest part for me because I feel like mama never had time to heal. Like, when you go through, and that's why I don't blame mom. I take my hat off to her because, like, when you going, you you know how it is when you experience the heartbreaks and trying to figure out your pursuit, your career path, and all, all those different things. You don't know who the hell you is at eighteen years old. Every day you wake up different. You might make up want to cut your hair off because you think that a new start. You know you don't really know who you is, and, and you know the fact that like mama never gave up and like she just kept trying with us. Like that was my biggest fear. Like when I got pregnant and like I feel like it would it 
was going to eliminate my ability to be successful, but it just alleviated it so much more like my pain that I had, like just challenging it. Cause I was like, I cannot, that's cannot be the life for me. Like, I don't want to go back to where we came from. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, uh, pulling from our strengths, I think having mentors or having people that we had, you know, Miss Greer is a mentor. We had Vicky's a mentor that we had mm-hmm. that I feel like really Even motivated us. Yeah, Stacy. There are a lot of other women I feel like black, strong women, mm-hmm. independent women. Miss Jackson. Um, you know, who really kind of propelled us, I feel like, to stand in our truths and to go after whatever it is that we wanted. Um, I think a lot of times as black women, we can be our biggest critics. We feel like we're not doing enough. We feel like we're not mm-hmm. being enough. And sometimes we really have to just sit down and say, this is where I came from. This is where I'm at now. But my journey is still continuing. And then what not only that, too, you got to break barriers when you a minority and you a woman. And I didn't think I learned that till we went to college. And I feel like so many people was rooting for us to win. Like Ms. Williams, like I think that was the most beautiful part of the success like they was like man do you know what y'all doing right now and like i feel like we didn't feel like we was doing shit spectacular i said shit i'm trying to i'm trying to i want you know then i got in my little interior design mode and i want a nice couches i'm like, oh yeah i gotta you know car me i get to hook in the crib up and shit like we on the what's the show you be watching yeah i I got to doing that i was like yeah I, i need to be I need to be successful. Just little like passions and stuff that I had. And I think, you know, when people start telling, even when I had Brooke, I never thought I was doing shit special going to school. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. People bringing Brooke to class, they, you, you know, you brought your daughter to class. Like that's super inspiring. Like I left my daughter at home. I couldn't do both, you know? So I didn't think I was doing shit spectacular, but I think that it just pushed us more and more to be successful. And we saw people constantly like, just rooting for us like man i want you to win i see the the hunger that you had like you want to break those generational curses and i think even though it's praying for us i feel like a lot of people yeah pray prayers for us. you know we went through a lot you it's know, some my, oil on that man yeah you know my freshman year of college my mom got locked up and you know dry was a senior in high school my youngest sister was a freshman in high school and when I say, like, that was one of the most trying experiences, like, I almost dropped out, honestly, because I just felt like I had a lot of pressure on me being the oldest sister. But mm-hmm. I was always reminded and encouraged, I feel like, by my aunt, my grandma, like, they really mm-hmm. pushed us, you know, Jakar, you doing good, Jakar, you doing good, keep up the good work. And I felt like, you know, I couldn't let my mom, I feel like, feel another letdown being in that situation. So that motivated me to go harder. That I motivated me, too. You know, that first, that first full year. I think it motivated me too to like want to graduate because my mom, the fact that she was in jail, she didn't see me graduate high school. She didn't see me walk the stage. I was like, oh, she fucking finna see a graduation. (laughs) So I was thirsty to graduate with my bachelor's and I'm like, it was only going up from there. And once I graduated my bachelor's, I'm ain't no stopping now. I'm going to get my master's. But then like a part of me had got a little deterred when that stuff happened with ET. I didn't even, I wanted to drop out of school but yeah that was my last semester of college and it was a struggle for sure but um, that pushed me to be more successful because I knew that was what he wanted like at my you know when I graduated with my bachelor's he was more like man I'm so I'm proud so of you man I'm so proud of y'all like when he came home and I feel like for me that has been a motivating factor for me always wanting to push me forward to make sure that I did what I could to make him happy um you know, because 
it sucks not having people who push you or motivate you here, but mm-hmm. to know that in spirit that they're with you and that they will be proud, it continues to motivate you to want to be better. So definitely uh, rest in peace to E.T. for that. Ease up. I was going to say, what do you feel like your perspective on success is? Um, My perspective on success is, I think it's really what you make it. Um, I think school isn't for everybody, but I feel like school is definitely a means to be successful. And I think a lot of people have this negative connotation now that school is not going to get you money or you're going to have all of these student loans when you get out. You're going to make a minimum wage job. You're not going to have anything. So it deters a lot of people from education being a means to success especially we live in a generation now where money we want it right now you know we want the quickest way i I mean we want a quick come up we want to uh crack cards and do all these things that that are not long lasting generation yes longevity and then and don't you don't produce generational world for you to give stuff back to your children if you ain't doing nothing you know legal with your money um, and especially if it ain't right, because God sees everything. I was just about to say that, man, because the same way you get stuff is the same way you lose it. God sees everything. But I think that's just, you know, my definition of success, like me finding my passion and doing the things that I love and making sure like I'm giving back to those that come after me and doing it in a healthy way and not trying to scam and just being myself. Like, because I feel like, you know, we get so caught up and social media and want to be like IG model. Everybody can't be no IG model. You know what I mean? Like just trying to find Everybody the quickest. Everybody don't got the body for that. Everybody ain't got the face for that. I know my body a little alright though. <laughs> but you know, I ain't trying to be no IG model. I feel like, you know, I'm trying to do what God called me to do and be the person that he wants me to be. And I feel like that's me saving souls. Me being a mental health, you know, physician and talking to people about mental health. Because without your mental health, you don't have a physical health. All that shit is linked. So I think, too, you know, like education is a big, big, big. I know school ain't for everybody. It's trade schools, you know, that you can go to. You don't got to sell drugs to be a millionaire. You can go to trade school. You can invest money. You can do stocks. Like, you can buy portions of... um. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head about perspective on success. I think it's education. I think it's... Uh... Uh, knowledge is power and stop letting people tell y'all that it ain't because it is yeah and i agree with that too and i think for me like my perspective is financial freedom like i love dry dry period this i love being able to save money i love finding more ways to make money because at the end of the day as black women black women and just black people in general uh we're at a disadvantage we don't always have that seat at the table so you know, to, to be able to learn how people are making money while they're asleep and, you know, investing, you know, uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, for me, as I have continued to get older, I just turned 30 this year. And it's like, I'm always thinking about different streams of income. Like for me, I want to have a number of different streams of income, you know, having financial freedom, um, being able to have asset accumulation, being able to produce generational wealth for my children, for their children, for my family. I think, like, minorities, too, have the misconception that when you buy nice things, that's wealth. Because we see somebody who don't have no money get money, and all they've got is Louis Bells, Gucci Bells, and then you ain't got nothing to show for it. And along, all you got, what's it called? I've been reading a finance book, and it's called You Just Gonna Be a Bag Lady. Yeah, basically. 
So and that's a real thing too. And I think that we have to uh, learn too uh, to live within our means, uh, mm-hmm. not to be trying to go and keep up with the fat, the the top people, the athletes, the rappers, and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, they got rapper money. But it's like, what do you have? What do you have to show for? I hate to see you know young men you know not having their own. You know when you get kicked out the crib, you got a little suitcase and your little starter pack kit and your game, and the your game, TV, the TV, you know, the, the weed, like, and your. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you got to do better. Like you got to teach, you know, we have to teach our kids that, you know, it's more to life than just having a nice designer bag or having nice shoes. It's like you have that, but do you have integrity? Do you have morals? Do you have, do you, do you have what it takes to continue to up to maintain that lifestyle? Because that's the thing as well. It's like, you know, you can have a nice bag. And, and for me, like, I'll be Jacquard whether I got a million dollars or five dollars because I know what it's like not to have and anything. Honestly, expensive shoes hurt your feet. And they absolutely <laughs> do because red bottoms are the most I, expensive they really shoe I've shoes. bought in my entire life. You know, and it's nice to have those things, but it's like they're just things and you can't take those possessions when you leave this world. So uh-huh. it's like, what are you going to leave behind with your legacy? And I think that's too, like you can buy a whole bunch of people designing on, but what did you give back to them did you make the world a better place and you know bishop tdj talk about this you know like i want it to be different when i leave here i want the world to know that i was here and i think we have that connotation of like doing putting out negative things into the energy like oh into the world this is how i'm gonna be make my remembrance like bad people are not remembered forever you know, and I think one of the main people that always resonated with me was Chadwick Bowles. Um, yeah, like just even though like, you know, what tragically happened to him, his means of success, like just even following him and how he talked to kids about, you know, how education was super, super important. And how even Denzel looked out for him and paid for his educational pursuits and giving him the opportunity to like do the same, like. That's generational wealth to me too. Like yeah, those helping the kids of the future. Those jewels. I, I even now he gone, but he gonna be a, you know remembered a as a long a legend, like because of the things that he did when he was here. And I think too another thing is a perspective of success is being able to help those that come from um underneath you. You know I'm at a position I feel like in my life where I've been able to grow in my personal and professional endeavors because somebody helped me, somebody mentored me. You know. Ms. Greer, mm-hmm. Vicky, Stacy, we had people that were looking out for us, Ms. Williams. Williams. And I think, too, that's a part of, like, African-American culture. When we get it, we don't want to help other people get it. And, I mean, if you got it... And it's enough you, for us to get. Everybody. You, get I mean, other people who don't look like us been having it for years. <laughs> and they still got it. So just because you help one person get it, don't mean it's taking less from your value as a person. And I think that's success too knowing who you is and not feeling like you need to get everything that somebody else got to make you feel successful i think too being humble uh humble and all of it um you know you can have everything one day and it'd be all gone tomorrow so it's like what legacy mm-hmm. are you leaving behind like what who are you as a person you know will people remember you as a nasty person as a liar as a deceiver or will you be remembered for the good things that you poured into your community um i think you know, for us, Dryer, I think coming where we come from, being raised how we were raised, I feel like has continued to instill in us that, you know, you can do, you can be anything you want to be as long as you work hard. Mm-hmm. And along the way, you may have sacrifices, but who are you going to be in the midst of that? Are you going to continue to be a good person while you're struggling, while you're going through trials and tribulations? Or are you going to convert to what society has normalized as 
you know, famous or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the latest trend. I can't do it. I try to, you know, think about being what the world wants, but then there's no peace in that. And I got to have God first in my life. And he not first. It's like my life get real. Yeah, it get real un- un- unhealthy. So I think that's a part that's successful too to me, making sure my spirituality is on point. Like, I think we live in a time where, like, that's not important to people. Like, we don't worry about our, the condition of our souls, and that's not a part of being successful. And to me, that's everything to be successful, like, being right with God. And I think, you know, seeking the kingdom first and then everything else after that following. Because if you don't have God, you don't have nothing, even if you have everything. And I think it's fair enough to say, too, just because you have all of the money in the world, that don't mean you're going to be happy. I've seen people who have had millions of dollars that be the saddest people in the world so mm-hmm. i think again like you said you have to you know make sure that you know who you are you know even before the money comes so that it doesn't change you you know i'm happy dry we were able to share our experience as far as like you know started from the bottom now we're here and even with saying that we're not even where we want to be we are we're still continuing to uh, climb um the ladder as far as in our professional endeavors and our uh, being, becoming entrepreneurs um, you know, being able to have generational wealth for our children and our family, mm-hmm. being able to go and do things, you know, trips where you're not taking money from this or that to be able to pay for things. And budget. And that's my definition of success to give Brooklyn. Like, I try to teach her I'm not a bank. And I think financial <laughs> freedom, teaching kids the principles the, of money, yeah. you know, the value of a dollar. Like, you know, how much how much it took for me, the hours it took for me to make this amount of money so that people don't feel or your kids don't feel like oh well mommy is a bank you know and brooklyn growing up very different than what we grew up she's absolutely she growing she up more privileged than what we were she, she had her own room i never had my own room so i went off to college yeah she I, has a cell phone but i also feel like Dre, you do a good job of letting her know like some of our, our life experiences and what things that we may or may not have had i'm thinking of taking her back to the trailer park to humble her sometimes to let her see how we grew up and be like this is this is what I work for. Don't be unappreciative because there's people out here who don't have the things that you do. And I think that's a part of being successful, never forgetting where you, where the fuck you come from. Yeah, because you can easily go back. So, you know, I, I thank you all for being with us on this journey as we share where we come from. Again, like I said, we started from the bottom. We're not necessarily here. We're continuing to grow. Started we're continuing to bottom, learn. Now we're here. And continue to be better. We do um, not own the rights to that song, Drake. and continue to be who we are in our own right so definitely uh we hope you enjoyed the episode please uh be on the lookout for new episodes to come but i'm jakari and i'm jariah and and this motherfucking sis talk